is a, a good Friday, isn't it? So thank you for joining us in this time of remembrance. Yeah, as I was thinking on this day, you know, we might you know, maybe as a culture look at this day on our calendars and never even thought about it. It's just another day, or maybe maybe some people think, well, what what is good about it? You know, why why is it Good Friday? Or or maybe we know, right? We know why it's good, right? Because God took our place. God substituted his son in our place. Jesus says it like this in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, he loves all of us. Now, even though we rebelled, he comes for us. And he gave his only begotten, his one and only, his unique son. There's a lot of different Bible translations out there. And it's like I've had a lot of translation talks lately. but And that's, that's good. Uh, but one, one and only, I like that one because it's really getting a meaning of begot apart across to us because he is the unique son of God. And why did he come? So that we can believe. We can we can rest in him just like we're we're trusting the pew that will hold our weight, right? Um, we trust in him. For in Christ Jesus there is life. In everything else there is no hope. For nothing else, no religion, ism, or thing can take the weight of our sin or take the weight of God's wrath. Now let's, let's pray before we go any further. Well, Father God, we, we thank you for this time together to, to just uh, worship you. To know that you have come for us. And thank you for that. Thank you for this time to just uh, gather and praise you and pray to you and, and know you more. We thank you for your amazing plan and purpose throughout the ages. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now that is why it's Good Friday, right? For God showed his love for us. And while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 We were lost, fallen, stuck in darkness. Who, who likes getting up in the middle of the night and stubbing their toe? No, or stepping on Legos. Danger zone. <laughs> yeah, we need a light, right? We need an ability to see, to get around. Now, we are unable to find our way in the darkness of the world. But God came for us. The light came, not just to show us the way here, jump here, do these things, but to be the way. Because that's what the verse says, Christ died for us. That we would believe upon him, not be stuck in our fallen state anymore. Now, this is what we are in Christ as. Paul in 2 Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, 
Well, that's a, that's a different translation. The ESV doesn't even say behold. <laughs> behold. Uh, the new has, the, sorry, the old has passed away. Behold, it does say that. Behold, the new has come. Apparently all those translation talks and looking at different verses has, has gotten to me this week, but it's, it's good. Uh, if we are hidden in Christ, as Colossians says, if we are hidden in him, we are, we are new creations. The old has passed away. And therefore, we see the problem for the rest of the world. They need to be born again because they are in a state of lostness and darkness. Jesus says it like this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I see in our, in our fallen state, we are doomed for judgment and hell. This is what we deserve. Yet God offers us this in his son. He comes with truth. Right? We saw that in the book of John. The truth that we are, in, we are sinners in need there needs to be more people on that side. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, we are sinners in need of redemption. He comes and brings us grace, which is unmerited favor. And then he brings us mercy. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. Here in the Son of God, here in Jesus the Messiah, we can be blameless in the blameless one. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Numbers Numbers 21. I was uh, at the school today and I had to grab Tim Tucker for a minute because I had technical issues. <laughs> I was talking to him for a little bit after he helped me. And they're having a Seder dinner. And I was like, oh, what time is that? And of course, it's it's right now. I'm like, oh, that, that'd be really fun. So, But it, it's so cool just, just looking at the Seder, looking at the the Exodus as we read in Exodus 12 and then looking even at different things like Noah and the flood and looking at this in Numbers 21. Uh, let's, let's read the context. Verses 4 through 9, this event takes place. From Mount Horn, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the people became impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us, out of, brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we are loathsome. We, lo we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Now, just like the people of Israel here, we've all sinned, right? We've all spoken against God in word or deed. 
and now judgment is on the way. Judgment then was right away. You know, Old Testament judgment was usually, you know, you did that, you got this, right? Well, here, fiery serpents came and bit people and they, they died. It was happening, happening immediately. Now, judgment here and now is being stored up. Wrath will be coming. But either way wrath comes, there is a way to deal with it. Right here in the text, it's to look at the substitution. Moses was told to make a fiery serpent. So he, he formed this bronze serpent and placed it on a pole. So if anyone was bitten, they could look at it and live. Our current circumstances are no different, right? Jesus says this of this incident in John chapter 3. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. You know, numbers, people who were dying only needed to look at the bronze serpent on the pole and they would live. But the truth is, is that we are all dying. We all will deal with death one day. We all will breathe our last breath and step into eternity. The author of Hebrews states it like this, just as it was appointed for man once to die, and after that comes judgment. You know, it was immediate then. I don't think there's anybody in Israel that was like, got bit and was like, I'm, I'm not looking at that pole, right? No, I'm looking at it, right? It's an immediate need. It's, oh, okay, we're, we're good, right? But we will face it. But yet it's, oh, it's far off. Oh, I can, I can deal with it later. But we will all face it. So the question before us is, what do we do? You know, do we deal with it on our own, trying our best, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps? Do we, do we John Wayne it to heaven, trying our best? Or do we look at the one who is able? Able and willing, right? He is the vicarious substitutionary atonement. Big word, right? But he's the willing substitute for all of our sin. He has taken our place, so we only have to look, you know, as we've seen through the Gospel of John, to believe in the name, right? To believe in the name, to trust in him, and to know that we will live. I love how Jude ends his letter. He states this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. And we are unable to deal with the weight of our sin just as much as the Israelites in that time. were. They couldn't suck the venom out. They couldn't do anything. These were fiery serpents from the Lord. You were going to die. You need to, you need to look. We can't, we can't deal with it, but Jesus is able. And we are unable to deal with everything that life throws at us. 
right? But Jesus is able. I like that. You know, the here and now and eternity, we got it covered. Jesus is able. Praise the Lord. And when we come to the end of our days, as we rest in him, as we trust in him, and look forward to seeing him, he'll present us blameless to the Father because of his finished work. And I love this, this verse because it says, with great joy. And it always makes me think of Hebrews that he endured the cross with joy set before him. Well, what was that joy? That we would be with him and dwell with him and enjoy him forevermore. Kind of seems to quote the first question and answer of the Westminster Catechism. And what is the chief end of all of man? To glorify God, to know him, and to enjoy him forever. You know, he loves us. I think that's the coolest thing about Good Friday, is that he loves us. And he says this to all of us. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You just need that, right? You ever have a tired and weary week? I have. <laughs> it's been a fun one, but it's been good. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, no matter our immediate troubles or our future problems, let us rest on him who has greater purpose for all of us. That we would know God and to enjoy him now and forever. You know, I was reading Romans eight twenty eight to, I can't remember, <laughs> someone yesterday. And see, I, I, I got the verse down today, though, and it is, it wasn't Ezra <laughs> for, for last, last time. But, you know, this is, this is a verse of great comfort. Through the ups and downs of life, Romans 8, 28 states this, For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And I thought about that for a minute, you know, as we've been looking at the, the grand story we can see that his purpose is amazing awesome and greater than anything we could ever fathom so let us praise God for his purpose for his plan and his love for us all throughout the ages well, let's uh, close on a word of prayer uh, Father God we, we thank you we thank you that we can just look upon your son and believe in the finished work of Christ and rest in you and know that it is finished. Know that we are new creations in Christ and, and that we can serve you now and be transformed now and to be equipped by you and to go out to the world and proclaim this awesome truth. This amazing wonder that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Thank you for this time together. We can praise you and worship you and be here together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.